My name is Lydia Woodhull, and I am a junior majoring in urban studies at Barnard College. Today's episode of the Shrinking Cities podcast is all about Baltimore, Maryland. Let's start off in 2015, when Freddie Gray, a 25-year-old African-American resident of Baltimore, was murdered by members of the Baltimore Police Department. After all six officers involved in the incident were cleared of charges, residents engaged in a civil uprising against both the police force and the city at large. Not only were people reacting to Gray's tragic death, but their response was truly a culmination of years of collective feelings of neglect and marginalization in a rapidly declining city. The uprising and protests resulted in the burning of many buildings, including the pharmacy in the Poppleton neighborhood of West Baltimore. So, so, so what happened was that, you know, when the riots happened, so, so I was at home, I found out, then I saw it on television, like my city is on fire, right? The next morning, you know, we started getting calls from my patients. They said, oh my gosh, you know, we won't be able to get our prescriptions. And that was something that, you know, you just take for granted, right? You say, you call it in and it's gone. That was Momina Mastur, a doctor who worked at Baltimore City Hospital for many years. Today, five years later, her patients still do not have a local pharmacy, rendering the residents unable to meet their basic needs. This serves as just one example of the day-to-day impact of Baltimore's larger systemic issues that contribute to and are a result of the city's shrinkage. However, Baltimore wasn't always like this. This is Baltimore, America's sixth largest city, 12th largest metropolitan area, home of more than a million and a half people, site of the nation's biggest steel rolling plant, Home for the House of McCormick, this country's biggest tea and spice house. America's second seaport. This is Baltimore. A big city growing bigger so fast that every day it has a new face, a new complexion. A city growing faster than New York, Chicago, Philadelphia, Cleveland. This promotional audio was released in 1959, at the height of Baltimore's industrial might. The city had unknowingly reached this peak population of around 1.5 million residents which included the surrounding Baltimore County. The major center of business, technology, and transportation for the state, Baltimore was also linked with the first U.S. commercial railroad. Accelerating in the 19th century, this advantageous geographical position attracted newcomers from Europe and across the states because of its overabundance of shipbuilding and manufacturing jobs. But in the years following World War II, Baltimore found itself in the midst of serious social and physical changes. Manufacturing decreased as the city shifted to a service-oriented economy. Redlining and FHA loans encouraged residential segregation and racial discrimination throughout neighborhoods. Urban renewal projects in the 1960s and 70s sparked white flight and massive suburbanization. During this period, an estimated 25,000 families in Baltimore, 90% of whom were Black, were displaced to build large-scale, government-subsidized infrastructure such as highways. This disproportionate suffering of minorities only continued to escalate alongside other issues. Baltimore's chronic issues like underfunded schools, crime and crumbling infrastructure may deter new residents from coming in. Violence and a struggle for resources, there's little new development. The drugs and, you know, the empty houses, people leaving, you know, they just don't want to deal with 
no more. Fewer residents, an increasing issue for some Baltimore communities more than others. Baltimore's murder rate has soared, and the violence fueled by ongoing drug wars has motivated many to leave. By 1970, Baltimore's population fell to 905,000, and by 2016, the city had lost 32.2% more of its population, according to the U.S. Census. Just this past March, Baltimore's population broke a century-long record. Baltimoreans are moving out. New federal estimates show the city continues to shrink. The population last July, 614,000, a 100-year low. I'm now joined by guest Natalie Leitner, another Barnard College student majoring in urban studies, to discuss the current significance of immigration in this struggling city. Natalie, thanks for joining. Thanks for having me. In recent years, Baltimore has turned to welcoming immigrants as a strategy to revitalize the city and combat its population loss. Its efforts greatly increased three years ago in response to President Trump's executive order, enhancing public safety in the interior of the United States, which led to a series of raids in the Baltimore region by ICE officers. In April 2017, the city announced a $500,000 private fund for Safe City Baltimore, an immigrant education and legal defense fund that works closely with the Mayor's Office of Immigrant and Multicultural Affairs to promote community education, provide free legal assistance and family safety plan preparation to new families, and encourage immigrants to relocate to the city. This fund is just one of the many initiatives recently created. Recently, Natalie spoke with Adnan Haider, a public health professor that moved from Pakistan to Baltimore in 1992. I wanted a first-hand perspective on the reality of immigrating to Baltimore. In Mr. Haider's 28 years of living in Baltimore, one of the most noticeable changes in the city has been its shift in demographics. So I think a couple of things are very important. First, I think Baltimore City has become more diverse. So there is a now a huge, for example, Hispanic population. So when I started in, let's say, from 92 to, I want to say even 99, 2000, I don't remember certain blocks being anything but one, you know, one types of communities. And now there's a whole section on Broadway, Fells Point, which is really full of Latin stores and people live there and they own houses. And you saw storefronts that were closed are now open with different Spanish names. So I think the, the arrival of immigrant communities has certainly changed that. Baltimore's immigrant population has been growing since the 1990s and now makes up 9% of the total population, according to the Pew Research Center. The city's Asian population has grown by 60% in the last decade, while its Latino population has more than doubled. It's clear that the newcomers have significantly shifted the composition of a place that had previously been divided along black and white lines.
Mr. Hyder and I also discussed the impact that immigrants have on the prosperity of Baltimore. I asked him if he believes that this community acts as a critical force in countering shrinkage. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Baltimore's not going to grow without immigrants, period. This country is not going to grow without immigrants, period. We know by 2045, the white population will become a minority, and that's what's scaring certain parts of this country. So I think the immigrant population is incredibly important, and Baltimore City will grow because of immigrants, whether they are Hispanic or Asian or whatever. I also think they are really important for the economy because they are the ones who are, you know, they, they develop restaurants and stores and they create small mom and pop stores all over Baltimore City, owned by Chinese and Korean immigrants and now Latin American immigrants. So, yeah, absolutely. I think it'll be a huge force. It has been and will continue to be as there has been an outmigration of certain people out of Baltimore City. Mr. Hyder's opinions are further supported by data. As stated by the bipartisan research and advocacy organization New American Economy, Baltimore's immigrants in 2017 held nearly $8.7 billion in spending power, a $400 million increase from 2016, and paid more than $3.4 billion in federal, state, and local taxes. It found that immigrants are driving Baltimore's small business economy in higher percentages than their native-born counterparts and helping to fill workforce gaps. On top of this, an influx of immigrants in Baltimore have helped to repopulate and stabilize neighborhoods, particularly in southeast Baltimore. While the city's population is still currently declining, new arrivals from Jamaica, China, Mexico, and Trinidad have helped to limit overall losses. Now the question is, is Baltimore doing enough to truly be on the path to reverse its shrinkage? And what more can the city do? So I think for any immigrant group, the first thing the city has to do is to understand what are these groups, where are they coming from, what do they need, right? Which means community outreach, speaking to the community, knowing the language they speak, going to their homes, going to their places of worship. I think Baltimore City is strapped and hasn't really done that. Mr. Hyder also emphasized that the government should meet the needs of certain faith groups who aren't defined by race, such as the American Muslim community. He has published multiple papers on this topic. So I think that cities have to really do the outreach, engage, and then include people from those communities on their committees, on their task forces. All of that needs to be done for all communities. I think Baltimore can, number one, have incentives for immigrants to come and live there and work there, right? So these are these are the types of housing and educational incentives that I'm talking about. Enhance outreach to these communities by hiring people from those communities to work with them. Develop schooling and education that recognizes multiple languages, right? That's really important. Provide health care that can be accessed, you know, with multiple uh, languages and outreach. Mr. Hyder is hopeful for the future of Baltimore, but in order for the city to be revitalized, it must be strategic in providing immigrants a safe space to prosper. I just think that despite all of this, it can be an immigrant-friendly city. It can also be a city which refuses to comply with ICE so that no immigrant can be taken away. It can be a sanctuary city, and uh, all of those things will make it better. It is obvious that the city of Baltimore recognizes the assets that immigrants bring to its community. 
The city now finds itself at an important turning point as it attempts to increase population and bolster its economy while supporting its current residents through a worldwide pandemic and economic crisis. Will the city be able to create a space where immigrants want to live? We will have to wait and see.